Sweat Equity Podcast is streaming show, the number one comedy business podcast in the world. Money now. <laughs> and we're the number one business comedy podcast in the world. Okay. No drop. All right. Hey, that's what you say. We, I don't know anybody else in the genre. That means we're number one by default. Right. By default. By default. We, uh, what? <laughs> what? We have Christian Harloff on the show. Christian with a K. Harloff. Man, that guy... Whew, he had a lot. We could have we could have done about five. I was episodes. barely here. <laughs> I was trying to get you in. I couldn't. It's hard to weave in. Uh, Fine. We were stand up comedians back in the day in LA, I and, and uh, had a little history, so it was good good to reminisce. But he he built a YouTube empire, so it's worth listening to. Give some good advice at the end. Listen to us on Apple Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, what else are we on? Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, yeah, iHeartRadio. Just say the word. And if you're listening to this on any app right now, why don't you go subscribe, rate, review. We'll be your BFFs, we promise. This episode is sponsored by Squarespace. Hit the link in this episode description to start creating your all-in-one customizable website or your online store. You probably need a website. If you're listening to this and you go, I don't have my own personal website. What? Your name's Bart. Bart. BartMunkleFink.com. No website. Fuck me. You should have your own site called BartMunkleFink.com. Sell your own merch. This is Bart on it. Not Bart. Bart. Uh, You can make your own domain. You can get your own email through it. You can start your own merch store within the website. You don't have to know programming. You don't have to know. uh, You don't have to code if you don't want to. But if you want to, you can. Uh, choose a website template and start your free trial by hitting that promo code link in the episode description. You want to get the party started? You want to talk a little industry? Okay. With Christian Harlow? Yeah. Hotty dotty. It's called Sweat Equity. Listening to the Sweat Equity Podcast. Oh, we're good to go, bud. We just oh, okay, cool. we do live on tape. We try to keep it as efficient as possible. Yeah, sure. Uh, Christian Harloff, my old buddy, haven't talked to in pff, over a decade, really. Uh, it's been yeah, it's been close to that. It's been a, that's fucking crazy. I, it's it's weird because I feel like I was in LA not too long ago. Um, <clears throat> when did you leave? Technically 2010, but I was always coming back for work every six yeah. to eight weeks. So a lot of people didn't know I left until like 2012, basically. I worked for a company, an air purifier company out of Pasadena that would fly me okay. in. Um, okay. Where are you? Are you in Tampa now? Yeah, man. You, I, was it, there, I, was there, I was there in August. Damn. I wish I would have known, man. Um, I know. Why don't you do this? Because <clears throat> we're so professional. We let the guests do their plugs at the top of the episode. Way easier. Oh, sure. Uh, the plug. I mean, look, I've been working on a. I mean, a lot of shit for the last couple of years. But I got a. I launched my own YouTube channel. I was working with Skybound Entertainment for a while. Who, you know, f- famous for The Walking Dead and Invincible. And then I was with them for about three years as VP of Content and Development. And um, and I during that time I had created my own YouTube channel. Uh, that I got a hold of. I got. I got. It's my channel now. It's, and I've been doing it for the last year and a half. We just. Across around sixty-five thousand subscribers, you know the socials are doing pretty good. So it's just my name, it's Christian Harloff. We cover like with a K. Uh, my, 
with a K. With a K. Yep. Yes, yeah, with a K. And we cover uh, we cover like pop culture news with the comedy twist, and we ha- we we actually have a bunch of different interviews. We had Diego Luna on from Andor. We had um, we just had Andrea Riseborough on, who was nominated for an Oscar this morning, which is pretty awesome. And then we're having Katie Sackoff from The Mandalorian on next week. Yeah, I feel like every time I see your feed, you're with a new famous person of some sort. <laughs> um, and we, so we met doing the, the scene in L.A. You were already kind of established when I got there in about 06, 07. And I was kind of a jet uh, going around where you were, uh, you know, you were, you were crushing it from my, from my point of view. Like you were a class ahead of me, right? You've been doing it a while. You started in Tallahassee, I want to say, FSU. Yeah, I did start in Tallahassee. It was it was kind of it was something I always wanted to do. It might I watched all the special. It's so funny that you that you bring that up because I was right before I started doing the show. I found like on my on my phone as I was driving home an old interview from like '93 with with um, Howard Stern and Bill Hicks came on, and I anytime it shows up in my shuffle, I listen to it because it's just such a great. Bill Hicks was so ahead of his time, but um, I watching specials and watching comedians like Bill Hicks and George Carlin and stuff with my dad when I was younger. I always wanted to do it. I never really had the, I never really did it anywhere. And then I remember it was so bizarre how that happened in Tallahassee. I was at Florida state. I saw some, um, some notice for the, I was went to the theater school and some guy was posting up a thing and he's like, Hey, people who want to try stand up comedy, we're doing this. We have this group. And I'm like, ah, I'll try it. And he's like, yeah, do you have do you have fifteen minutes of material? I'm like, fifteen minutes. I'm like, dude, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm like, fifteen minutes. I'm like, nah. So I never called the guy back. <laughs> so I let it sit for like a month. And then he called me again. And he's like, he's like, Hey man, you never you never did your material. You're like, do you wanna do you wanna do uh do you wanna be part of this group? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't really have an established fifteen minutes. I've never done stand up comedy before. So he's like, why don't you why don't you come by and uh come by my place? And this could have went really wrong. <laughs> yeah. Listen, it was it was legit. Um but he uh but yeah, I just told him some of the ideas I had and he's like, No, I've been working. This guy's name is Mike Shader and he was really a, he was in really a, a, you know, he was a good guy, nice guy, and and he started this group and I just started doing comedy around um around Tallahassee and I, I was, it's funny because I was doing fifteen to twenty minutes. Wow. It wasn't good. But yeah. it was still, but I was still doing it, and it was like that time. And then I started doing stand up in New York, and then I went to Los Angeles. And when I was in LA, I didn't even go there for stand up. But I had went up one night at the at the Improv, my friend uh, during the when I was, was for my birthday. And uh, this this story that I've told a million times over. But like uh, Rick, do you guys remember Rick Overton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard he's opening. Is he opening for? Who's he opening for now? Who did I just hear? Probably everybody. I mean, yeah. the, guy, the guy's been around. I mean, he was, I was just watching fucking he, Willow for the first time. He's, he pops up in Willow. He pops up in everything. He's in everything. <laughs> I, I picture this guy? I remember he was, he was one of the intimidating, to me, intimidating when I went to the store, when I saw him. Um, yeah, right. Because he's no class. Did you ever, so for Willow, did you ever, you, you, you've I seen the original? The original, yeah. Sure, sure. He's, he's one of, he's the other, he's, he's the little guy that's not Kevin Pollack. Oh, okay. I'm going to rewatch yeah. that. Jeez. Because yeah, it, it, it's Rick Overton. But, but so Rick was on stage with, and, and it was my birthday and I was there. My buddy took me to the improv and we were up at the, I was, I was sitting there and it was packed house and, and, I, and I was working for this company called Intermedia and I wasn't really happy with what I was doing. And, and Rick Overton had this crew, this improv crew up. It was like the end of the night and they were crushing. He's like, look, this is the point of the night where we invite people to come up on stage in the crowd and see if they can hang with us. But normally never, no one ever does. And I was like, fuck it. And I like, jumped up there and I just, w- I just had one of those nights that I, I got lucky. Cause it was just, my timing was on, things were working. That's and awesome. 
Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and I, and I did really well. So when, and Rick comes up to me and he's like, you got brass balls, man. Every time I see him still at the comedy store, he remembers it. But that night, the biggest thing I, and I mentioned, my wife doesn't tells me to shut the fuck up about it <laughs> because I was, I got off stage and I was, and remember I'm fresh I'm into LA. I don't know. If what, I'm what year, a month, and what year are we talking? It's like 99. Okay. Right. <laughs> so I'm, uh, and I'm, and so here I am, I get off stage Rick gives me a big congrats, and I'm on I'm on cloud nine because remember I'm just coming off I'm I'm in I'm just fresh off the boat from Florida State. I didn't know you know if I, if I saw, my first famous person I saw was fucking AC Slater, and I thought it was like seeing you know uh, Harrison Ford. So. And, and, I, to and this we, day, I'd be like, holy yeah. shit, that's AC Slater, yeah, my it, God. Mario Lopez is go a home. big kid. We yeah. can go home. Yeah, right. I sit backwards because of him. Mm-hmm. Right, hundred <laughs> percent. So I get off stage, and then. I feel this hand on my shoulder, and I hear you were Zach Morris. Amazing. Close, <laughs> damn it, close. Dustin Diamond, touch me on the back. <laughs> and and I haven't washed my shirt since. Uh, no, it was it was Sarah Silverman. Wow. And Jesus. yeah, so yeah, at the time you would think uh, for a comedian who's who's up and coming or trying to do something, you should say, "Hey, I," because I knew her from the Boston Comedy Club. I knew her from those things, and I said what I should have said in that moment was. Thank you so much. Listen, I'm going to try to get up around town. Can I buy you a drink at the bar just to pick your brain about, you know, certain places to go up and everything to you? Because I could tell from the way that she was enthusiastic, she, she would have said yes about, you know, how, how try, you know, at least give me some advice or something. Instead, I looked at her and I go, you were, some, you were great in something about Mary. She's in it for like three minutes. She looked at me like I had a dick on my head. I was like, I'm, I'm fanboyed I'm out. And then I, I made I made a right hand turn like thanks and like um and it was to this day the stupidest thing but anyway that's kind of but it did jumpstart me to start going up I quit the job afterwards and then I just started going up and doing and doing sets. We also had another weird connection because you were with uh, Joel Silver right at some point yeah. and my yeah. buddy Paul McClowski, another FSU yeah. guy from right. kind of yeah. from Tampa he kind of lived here in Georgia growing up but. Just randomly, you guys knew each other. I was friends with that group of FSU people out in L.A. Uh, yeah. It was just another kind of serendipitous connection we had. And we didn't know that, I don't think, until way later on doing stand-up around each other. You no, know, I think Paul came to one of my shows one day, and then you were, and you were, you were on the bill or something. That's how we figured it out or something like that. Right. But yeah, because I, I, I worked with Paul for a while at some pictures. Paul... Paul, Paul and I had had many drinks, as I'm sure Paul has had many drinks with a lot of people. But um, but I um, yeah, just drinks. But I like hanging out. Yeah, I like hanging out with Paul a lot. I mean, Paul was a uh, Paul was a good Paul is a good dude. Yeah, Not yeah. He'll corner you in the in the middle of a party and tell you a business idea if you yeah. catch my drift. He does a lot of cocaine. Huh? <laughs> cocaine. I didn't say <laughs> that. It. I, that's that, all you said. That? Um, that's, that's just L.A. You know, that's how it is. Uh, <laughs> business ideas no he's a sweet he's a sweet guy and he always met well uh and uh we're still buddies it's one of those things he's got a product company we'll have to get him on the show but i i, I, I want to make sure i don't skip over this we ask every guest the first time they come on this question uh what advice would you give your 13 year old self oh holy shit um yeah we 13. go deep you just thought we were tank tops and I muscles know. right this is 100 just don't i, I guess don't Say what you want to say. Say what you want to say and don't, don't try to impress people. Say what you need to say. Say what you need to say. Um, 100%. So, say. Okay, so that kind of always sets the ground, like the foundation. Like, were, were you a kid that talked a lot and was told to shut up a lot? I'm guessing. Or, I'm going to guess you were probably quiet and didn't speak or, up. Yeah, and you or that. Have, and you feel like you should have. 
No, so I think that the thing is, it, it was a little bit of a mix of both. Um, I relied on, I was, I was definitely class clown. And then once, like, I was, I was, I thought about this the other day because I, I have a daughter now that's in fifth grade. And Me I was thinking, too. About, oh, <laughs> there you go. I have, yeah, I have a fifth grader and a, and a TK. And, um, and so, but I was thinking of my, how I was in the fifth grade. I remember being, I was a decent student. And then after my parents got divorced, I just was like, went off. The, I was like, no, I'm not doing, I, I was, I was a terrible student, but I relied on, I relied on my jokes. I relied on, you know, making people laugh and I would talk and be talkative inside of my crew and stuff too. But like, I was kind of an awkward kid. And I, so for me, I was what I, I it wasn't certain times when I should have spoke. I didn't. And certain times, maybe when I shouldn't have, I did. Mm, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, so that's kind of how it was for a bit. Well, you, you've got. It seems like you're a ball of energy, <clears throat> and it's. And I'm guessing it was even more energy when you're younger. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Because yeah. you're you're not only a good like stand up writer like of jokes because that kind of always break down writing and performance right. Like, what are the jokes you wrote, and then you do act outs. You would I. I remember looking at you and thinking about like you, Dane Cook, these real performer type comics. I'm like, that has to be so exhausting. It actually made me go the other way because I'm like, I'm not that. Because when I tried to do that, I could do it, but I'd be eight minutes set. I'd be exhausted. <laughs> That's why you don't do it. No, it's just like <laughs> you don't want to do the work. You, I think you have to have that personality innately. Because if you really, yeah, that's it, not you. Uh, yeah, well, it's not. It definitely isn't now. But like once I settled down, I, I kept the mic in the stand. And just followed yeah. like Ron White almost, and like just just try to emote, but without having to move. I would pace back and forth like ADD wise. Like you know, right. you want to do the Chris Rock, you want to preach, you want to you want to hit everybody in the audience. But I had to realize like I'm not, I don't have that. I would gas myself out. Like uh, dude, so so I I don't know. I mean, like I said, like you said in the beginning, we haven't talked in a long time. I stopped. I mean, because I once I got into doing what I was doing with Ellis on uh, with movie reviews and all that kind of stuff. And then we built out these live events. We created this trivia show called the movie trivia showdown that ran for like nine seasons. And we did all. You want to we ask doing, about that? Oh, yeah. yeah. I have a question about that. We were Sorry. doing live. Shows. Well, yeah, that's cool. We were doing live shows like all over the, the country. Right. And so that, and basically what Mark and I had done was grown this channel to about 300,000 subscribers. And we were, we would put up our live show that we put out every week. The Schmoes No Movie Show when it was running was doing like anywhere between 100 and 150,000 views uh, and a week. So in my head, which I, and now, unfortunately, years later have discovered in my head back then, I'm like, well, I'm performing in front of more people now than I ever did on stage. And I, and I stopped doing stand up for a long time. And, and I had, I think it was like 2000 and, 10 or 2011 was like my last show and in, and then in 2018 ellis asked me to do a set at his show and it was a lot of our fans that were there from the schmo show so i kind of did a pop in and i hadn't done it and it, it, it woke up the beast again you know so um i did a few and then obviously i was planning on doing a whole bunch of other ones and with covid and everything but i started writing a lot during the lockdown and i went up going up a few times at flappers and it was funny because i hadn't ever done flappers before and i don't know if you've done it long and, no and, I, it, it came it, it started like 2014 or something like that so yeah, i was out kind of later and i had never i was out i had never done it so i i started doing it um and then i had this this guy jake lewis who i'm actually doing his show on the february 13th but like i start i, I had a few good sets and i found it, it's funny you mentioned that the energy thing too like my 
it, I had to, I have to do it in waves now because I'm, <laughs> I'm not that kid, you know? So like, I have to do it in waves because I did a bit that had a lot of high energy and in my head, I'm going, I'm thirsty and I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) And, and my, my stuff kind of goes a little bit more towards my family and my kids now and all these things. And, but yeah, like, but it's like, I felt, I don't know. I mean, cause you've been doing it consistently. I felt at one point because it's like this time capsule because I remember going up at like the room that we used to do together all the time in room five. And we were performing to our peers or people who were older than us. And so, at the time. So I was up on, this is probably like five months ago. And I went up and this room's packed and I go, all right, so who's married and not a fucking peep. <laughs> and I was like, well, all right, well, how long have you been dating? The guy's like two months, a bunch of like 22 year olds. Yeah. I had to, I had to shift. I felt, but it was, it was, I went through this thing at the time that was, was great because it was one. I'm like, I'm not that guy anymore. We can do because I'm not. That's not me. I'm a lot. I'm a lot older than that. I had to realize that. Plus, it also said, yeah. But I remember being on stage and something would go either wrong or not the right way. And I'm like, okay, well, what do I do now? Go, go shift, shift. Now I'm just. Like, I'm so used to talking on this thing now, even more so than I was back then because of podcasting and everything too. That I was like, what kind of shifted to it? One particular thing didn't go well, and I just maneuvered around it. And I just wish that I had the time to pursue because back then. I was going up seven when I knew you. I was going up seven nights uh, a week and two shows a night. I would go to the, sure. I would go to five and then I would drive to the comedy store. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I would uh, I would probably I would be going to a lot of shows not on them back in the day. When yeah. you're just a jet yeah. and you're right. green, you're like, oh, if I'm I just hang out and I'm not a total asshole, I'll probably get on some shows. I mean, so, do, right. you, do you guys feel like that you got to get up? Every night sort of mentality is the way to go. Or In the beginning, for sure. Like every night? It seems like Depends. you don't have you that retrospection. Well, you definitely need a, you don't have that. You need a life we're talking about for sure. But like it depends. Right. Yeah, that depends. That depends on what you want. Mm-hmm. Like for me, like I was I was going on the road a lot. I was doing stuff and I had a lot of material and I just had things I wanted to say and I wanted to try stuff out. And I would and I would be home, you know smoking a bowl on the couch with my dog and I, I got the fuck out of here. I got to go do it. I got to go do something. So I'd go up and on set. So it would, and being a regular at the comedy store, you had, I had, I had more opportunities to, to do sets and be able to pop into a belly room set, do an original room set, do a main room set. And then, you know, be able to drive to, and I was part of this crew that law and I were part of. And, and uh, the guy who, who ran the show is Mark Franco. He had like a bunch of different rooms and he would have rooms to the improv and he had the rooms to say, Hey, I got a couple sets tonight. Would you? So the he answer is have, if you have the time and you have the time available to, to you, you should go up as much as possible. Yeah. My thing was I was in LA for kind of a purpose. It was to do stand up, And so i worked at a mutual fund company during the day and that'd be like, you know, <clears throat> nine, 10, 11 hour kind of thing. By the time you like left your place, got back home, and then I would, there, was, there was a time I was doing groundlings classes on Monday for improv because I would host and I'd suck at hosting. And so I was like, I got to get better at this. And I heard improv, it's going to help that muscle. But when, like, the thing that you're just talking about, when you go, yeah. like, uh, do, trying to do crowd work, any of y'all married, and then you get flustered. And some people can't get over that. And I was like, right. when something went wrong, I was like, I would in, internally be like, oh, oh fuck. And so I asked to host as much as possible, and then I would take like improv classes three hours on a Monday, driving from Santa Monica to West Hollywood, right. which is only like seven miles. It would take me 
two and, traffic. Half, two, and a half, two and a half hours most days on a Monday. Yeah. yeah. To, to go do that for three hours with a bunch of psychos in your class that are improv people because they're not yeah. cool. Um, and then like most of them are not cool. They're all actors and stuff. So they're not in it really for the comedy part of it. And then uh, do that, be exhausted, maybe try to do a mic that started at 10 30 or 11 on a Monday, right. wake up early as fuck, go to work. And then the next, see what shows I can get on drive to Tustin, right. drive right. 90 miles down to go, maybe do an open mic, maybe get up and then drive back. And I don't have that energy anymore, but when you're starting, you, you got to get all the reps in because you suck and you don't know how bad you suck. It's a lot like entrepreneurship. Like you're making mistakes, but you're like, it's okay. It's that, it's right. that cartoon meme of like all the flames around that dog. And it's like, things 100%. are going well and you don't well, know how bad it is, how bad you yeah, are. I think, well, well, that's the whole thing is that it's just a matter of like, there's, I think there's two sides of it, right? It's like, there's, if you have an opportunity to go up every night and people are giving you spots, when you should take them. But if you, but it, it, like law saying, if you, if you're at a certain part of your career, you're not going to be necessarily driving three hours to do a set that you're probably going to get paid $15 for. You want to hope by, by a certain point that you don't, you don't have to do that. Right. So that's, that's kind of, that's where it is. I just, for people who are wanting to do it as a full-time career, you should go up. At, if you have an opportunity to go, to go up every night, you should. There's no, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think a big lesson for anybody listening on a professional kind of scope is you were doing stand-up and you didn't know what was going to come of it, but you knew you had something in the performing arts, right? And that built a foundation that led you to like having the schmoes no empire and, and those things you were doing. Um, I, you know, one story I think I told you, I may have told Ellis, not you, I can't remember, but I remember I was telling Eric this before we got on mic. I was walking to my office. Uh, I, we had an agency office down in Ebor. If you ever went to the, the Ebor Improv, uh, down in like the Bourbon Street area, Tampa. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, And so I'm walking up to the office, and our video partner, which had an office across the hall, he's on, he's listening on a speakerphone because he's Spanish, and he's listening. <laughs> he doesn't do headphones because that's what I don't know. Spanish people just do that, um, and they, he's listening to Schmoes No. And I go, nice. I heard your voice, and I go what are you listening to? And he goes, this is Schmoes now. And I was like, dude, that's a buddy of mine. That's so crazy. He's like, your buddies with the, and he told me all the stats about y'all and how big you guys were and how many breakoff shows you had. Can you tell us about that? It sounds like you've shifted in the last couple of years, but I, I'm, we were trying to do some research on you before we got on. And it's a little disjointed to find a kind of a linear timeline. Well, I had looked up on, there was, he said there was an IMDB page for Schmoes, no, and I don't even know. It said it at thirty episodes. There were three seasons, and the season said one, two, and six. Schmodown, yeah. There's, there were different things, yeah. There, there, so there's Schmodown, Schmoes No. It was like a whole. So the the easiest way to to kind of break it down, and you guys can interrupt me whenever you want. But um, so basically, what happened is Ellis and I met. Well, we met at a barbecue. He came to my a barbecue when I was. This is when I was going up all the time at the comedy store, everything too. And he was trying to get into comedy, and I, we were we had a mutual friend. That brought him to the uh, to the barbecue, and I'd give him a couple of ideas and places to to go up, and he did. And and then I remember going back at the comedy store, and he was working there. And then he eventually got himself because Ellis is hilarious. He got himself um, become a regular there. But we became buddies. I, I shot up when I was working for Silver. One after I quit, I I had started a uh, I wrote a television pilot right before the writer strike. Brilliant. And um, 
was it was called Grasping at Straws, and we actually shot it at that place, um, Room Five, and it was about stand-up comedians and we do. And I and I had Ellis on set as one of the characters, and he and I really hit it off um, during like takes and stuff. And we were we were just talking about we always did, but we we found even more so we were just cracking each other up the whole time. So in like 2007, do you remember Martini Paratori? Uh, name sounds familiar, but so she was her 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 dad, the late great Jim Paratori, ran like Telepictures, which is a big uh, like reality division, and and I think he like co-started TMZ and shit too. Um, mm. But anyway, she was a comedian that I knew. And her and like Eliza and all of us, we were in this little group together. And then she went to go to um, to work at Current TV, which was Al Gore's network in like San Francisco. And, she, and this is when nobody was doing this shit. Like, she was like, okay, we've got a bunch of people who are going to be reviewing, and they had those those little flip cams, those bullshit flip cam things. Yep, yep, you know, I have right? one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so she's like, we're, we're going to send you one of those. Um, where there's a whole bunch of new pilots coming out and they're like big bang theory and bionic woman and all this stuff was, was coming out. And she's like, we're going to get a whole bunch of people to review them and then just send your footage in. We're going to make like a montage of everything. So we did that. They liked us the best. And then we started doing stuff for about a year with current TV, where it's just Ellis and I, they'd pass to go see movies. We would review them and, and that was it. So we had this whole show that was potentially going to go with rotten tomatoes and that kind of went south. So she had, she had left current TV and she's like, well, I'm going to take off, but I don't know if you guys want to continue, keep doing it and then go ahead, do your thing. And, and Ellis and I were like, well, we had fun doing this. Should we just take it? And this is, again, 2008, YouTube's only on the, uh, on for like three years at this point. So we're like, well, what do we do? Should we do something? Well, like, yeah. So at the end of 2008, we started a, a channel and we called it Schmoes No. And it was like two, just two Schmoes. And what we wanted to do was like the way that you would talk to your friends when you go to see a movie outside because at the time it was still all print reviews and all that kind of shit. And maybe Kevin reviews. Smith had his, his stuff going. Maybe. I don't even think Kevin Smith was doing oh, that really? kind of stuff okay. on YouTube. On, on YouTube, I mean, I know he probably, he might've had a podcast. He was one of the first uh, people to do a podcast, but to do like these movie reviews out there, it was, it was myself, Ellis, um, a guy by the name of Fury, the film fan, Grace Randolph, uh, double toasted at the time was called spill. And that was it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, the really big wigs, the big guys that do reviews now, are like Chris Stuckman and Jeremy Johns, they came afterwards. Um, and so we started doing that. We were like, okay, let's just take it from the everyday point of view. And then we started that and started slow. And then we started to do, and I think, Law, you were still around when we did this. At the, we, we brought the, like we were at the time, I think we had like three or 4,000 subscribers. And we, we wanted to do a, a live show with, with stand-up, mixing stand-up with, um, with like showing our videos in between. And mm-hmm. we we did, and we had. I mean, Eliza was on that show. Uh, I mean, Delia, Santino, um, Renazisi, Ari, like everybody was on that show. It was, a, yeah. it was a it was a it was a big show. We would do that show every week. Rick Ingram was on the show. We would do it every week. We would have and we would sell out the crowds, and we were doing that. And then my buddy Naveed Makalarji, what did a set one night? He's a producer, a guy I worked with, and the the trades covered him like a deadline and they were like, Oh, this guy does a thing. And Adam Carolla's producer came out to watch it and they booked him on the show. And I was like, son of a bitch, we're going to run the show for fucking how many weeks. And, and this guy's getting on Corolla and he's like, I'll talk to him. Well, I think he's, I think he's, he's going to come into the, to the show next week too. So he did. And he put Ellis and I on, on Corolla. So we started doing Corolla with like 5,000 subscribers and like, you know, Doug Benson, we started doing Benson show and, and all this. And, um, 
and that led to just more people finding out about the show. And then we started collaborating with more. So we went, we started to get more notice on YouTube with movie reviews. But then in like 2011, we started our own podcast. Um, and it just kind of grew from there. The thing that you're talking about, the movie trivia Schmodown, that started on the Schmo's No Live show that we did. And we would do Schmo's No Live show. The idea was essentially like, because again, I was a big Howard Stern fan growing up and I wanted to do Howard Stern for movies. So do like that long two hour show with the with even though we're talking movie topics it's like the, it's the crew that is that people are getting invested in yes and, yes you yeah, develop you I, did a good job developing characters around you guys which were guys yeah. that i i love that you brought guys that i knew were stand-up comics that you were nerd you would talk nerd movie shit with because i remember right. you guys would talk about star wars and i just like zone out because <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know anything about star wars it's not my bag but you guys were so heavily invested in Star Wars trivia, I'd be like, "Uh huh, it's cool." You're, I think you're the weird one. Most people know. Uh, no, I know, Star but Wars. dude, look, you get comics to talk about comic books or Star Wars, you're fucking out of your zone. Like it is like Asperger's meets know, fucking man. autistic. You know, <laughs> it is. It's it's intense and it's crazy how you would think you would think that would be so so nice and chill dealing with Star Wars and and <laughs> comic book movies. There's no difference between turning on Fox News and fucking CNN mm-hmm. with. with DC and Marvel people, it's crazy. Oh yeah, we but, had uh, a, a t- uh, <laughs> we had a run with a. He got pretty. He blew up with Johnny Depp and uh, Amber Heard and that whole thing. Oh yeah, that'll yeah yeah that whole thing too. So it's it's nuts. But yeah, we but we created that. But that thing though that you guys are talking about the trivia that didn't come until it came out of essentially again my my love for that kind of morning radio stern feel. It was that we wanted to do things that weren't just a typical movie show so we would have we play these games we would have these impressions we have the guests on but then we, we, we were pitting like our two interns against each other and they were messing with each other so i was like look you know what we should do is we should just do a trivia contest between the two of you and they did and it was popular with the fans they loved it it was a live thing and then ellis and i went to vidcon at this pizza place in anaheim and we're sitting down with like, what if we did like a like 15 week tournament of like movie trivia, but we made it like really big and then the fans could play along and we just call it like the ultimate schmodown. And then we did that and we had like, like, so Katie Sackoff was, was played Ken Knapsack in the first round and like Bonnie Somerville friends came in and played and, and we did, and we had that went really well. Then we did it the following year. And then when I started working for Collider and, um, and AMC, we, we turned it into like a weekly show, but we wanted to turn it basically into like WWE. And we took like the big, we took like storylines, all the, all the trivia itself was legit. And we had like, like, if you see, uh, I'll, when one of you guys are talking in a second, I'll grab one of the belts. But, um, but we, um, but we, you made we it bigger like, than it should, you know, it's bigger than it, it felt bigger. It, well, I wanted to go the, the, the esports route of it. And yeah. I said like, if, if video games can be a thing where people consider a sport, right. Why can't trivia? Yeah. And when you. But when you say it at, at look what Barstool's doing now, that's like one of their biggest shows. And, yeah, and that came from from. That's what I'm saying. Do you get a residual? Do you get a residual from then? <laughs> I got the receipts. Jeff Lowe, you know, Jeff Lowe was a major fan of the Schmodown, and he loved what we were doing. And that came, and I don't, and and you should have Jeff Lowe on your show. I want to hear if Jeff Lowe um, says that the Schmodown was an inspiration because I know that it was. Well, and, you, and you and, developed and a world like it was. They, they, if I had to. I don't have that much reference uh, with the, these online communities very well, but I look at Barstool 
And they build up all these characters that are around the main four guys. I mean, you can turn anything in the WWF and make it cool. Right. I think this was like the, the main kind of championship belt. It was like, so Booker T. <laughs> yeah. Booker, Booker T was, was Mr. Washington. a big fan. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was a big fan of the Schmodown. So, and, he, and we actually shot something in Houston, one of our live events at his wrestling arena. And he got involved in the storyline and everything. It was fantastic. But his guy, because he runs... He runs his own wrestling company called The Reality of Wrestling. And his guy who makes his championship belts made our belts for us. And it was, uh, it's pretty good. But we, but we did this and we took it all over the country, man. We went to, uh, we sold out at a, a thousand seat theater in, in Chicago. Um, we were, it, was, it was pretty great. It was a nice run. It was like nine seasons that it went. And then Skybound Entertainment picked it up in the, the late, late 2019. I struck a deal with them after I left Collider. And then they, they were like, we really want to get into the live events business. So we sell out oh. we sell out New York in January of 2020. We sell out Atlanta in February of 2020. And then we have the big, our Royal Rumble, which is like, it's called, it was called the Free For All. It was sold out in Los Angeles. ESPN had come to do a big, like, uh, three, like it was, they were there for one of our shoots. And then they were going to come and they were going to write this big article on us. And then I get the notice, everything's shutting down. Yep. And then that was... Yeah, should have moved to Florida. Oh, this idea of WWF-anizing everything is going to be bouncing around in my head for a while now. Well, that's about... Make everything better. The, the sport... Well, church? A little bit. I mean, you <laughs> Make may... church like WWF? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Why you do, walk in... Yeah, the why do I have to... Father McGonagall got a chair. Why do I have to pray to He's Mary to get in. to God? Yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Laser shows and... Uh, so... Yeah. And so what ha- let's talk about, because we want to keep you, we try to keep these uh, episodes pretty uh, short, 30, we try to keep it around 33 minutes. Sure. What, what have you done since then? Because pull- I pulled up just your YouTube page and I have this uh, extension it will show me how many, um, how many hits you get on your YouTube. It looks like about 51 million, um, judging by this, uh, just your YouTube that I'm pulling up. Um, take us from, I, I'm always, we're always interested in a story where, you get hit in the nuts and you have to kind of regroup yeah. and figure out. And it, it sounds like the, you're on your own and you decide you just kind of, you got to take it as is. Cause a lot of people had to readjust in COVID and it sounds like COVID yeah. may have done that for you. Well, we were, when we were we, to be fair to, to skybound um, who took over the, the Schmodown for a while it was going, they, they kept it alive even during, we, we had to like everybody else, it went virtual. Right. right. And it just, I was I was publicly miserable about um, how it went because it was just like um, this. It went from being this big WWE type event to essentially what we're doing right now, except playing trivia. Right. And it wasn't it wasn't the thing. And it was and a lot of the hardcore fans still loved it because they could play along with the game and everything too. But it lost it lost what I loved about it. And then we when we finally got back to in studio last year, the time had passed. The audience, there's so much shit that people can watch now. The, the, a lot of the audience had left and it just wasn't, just wasn't doing it. And it wasn't worth the money to put it on. So during that time though, I kind of knew I had to pivot a little bit and I had this, we had this extension channel that was like the movie trivia showdown, like clip out channel. And I think it had like 6,000 subscribers or something like that. And I was like, well, what if in my head I'm going, I'm going to need, I'm going to need a fail safe. Yeah. I need something. So I started working on that channel. And at the time it was still a skybound property. So they were anything that any, anything that I did with that channel, any revenue that came in that they rightfully would, would, would get that, that revenue for it. But as I was kind of 
having my deal on the way out, we did, we kind of prematurely stopped the, the Schmodown stopped the season a little couple, a couple months earlier than it probably should have. Um, and I said, um, we had a, had a good conversation. I was like, well, okay, I'm going to, I'll take off. What I'd like to do is this, this, and this. And I was able to take, I have the Schmodown IP. It's mine. Um, but I, but I also am able to take that channel with me. And I, and I did that and they have the library that obviously that again, rightfully so that they, uh, that they paid for. And, um, but I, yeah, I got that channel and I just kind of put everything that I had into that channel. And that channel went from 6,000 subscribers in a year and a half to now we just, I think we're almost at 65,000 subscribers, which is a year and a half. It's just, an, in, in, it's yeah. an amazing story. And if you can give any advice, us included, how to, how you grow that channel, if you have any kind of, there's no silver bullet in marketing, obviously, but how do you, how do you, could you, how could you tell anybody that's listening to grow their channel? Because being a YouTube celebrity is the number one thing kids want to be now. Um, and I feel like they missed the part where you actually have to do the work around the video too. Oh, I try yeah, to tell man. my kids that too. And they're all, they don't care to hear about the editing part of yeah, it. My, all that my daughter's the same. Yeah. My yeah. daughter's the same. It's like, they, that's just, I mean, that's how we were as kids. So too, maybe not through YouTube and stuff, but we, that's, yeah, we wanted know, to be VJs. We wanted to be, yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. You take the glamour of it and you look up and you, but I'm still me, trying I, to be I, Eric Nice on the grind. That's what I'm going you're for. Getting close. You're getting close. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I'll, but I'll say this, you know, it's like, it's like, I have no interest in, in that as far as like notoriety and that kind of shit. Success is something that I've always, I think for me, want to make sure that I can, that I can do because it's a, I think that's, that, that's a show. It shows your, your hard work, right? It shows like, if, because I always, I've got, I've been in that slump. I've been in that place where like, well, what the fuck, man? They say that hard work pays off. It, what? And you know, you just got to put yourself back on track. You just got to say, okay, just, just stay with the grind. And what I tell people when they ask that question is just, it's consistency with YouTube. It's consistency. And it's also YouTube is a strange thing because it's like, they change their algorithm and they change their thing like all the time. So mm -hmm. you gotta, you gotta pay attention to it because when I came back to do it as kind of a single channel, it was significantly different than when Ellis and I got success through doing our YouTube channel of how you built the channel. And I've been paying attention to certain things or certain things that I used to do on YouTube that would work, that will not work now. Um, and it's different for everybody. And it's like, you gotta find what it is for you. And now the short game inside of YouTube is changing dramatically also because of now the success of TikTok. YouTube is now going into shorts. more more of these shorts, and they're starting to actually. You can start to monetize them in February. I would strongly suggest that people try the short game, because the short game algorithm is is not easier, but still in its baby stages compared to the 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 long form algorithm. That's a good. That's good pragmatic advice. That's actually what we try to shoot for on this show is just Perfect. to give something, some kind of nugget away, because. When you get kind of motivational things like work harder, that doesn't, that's nice, but it doesn't, it doesn't really help. So I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. We're going to have to have Jeff Lowe on and then have you back on and maybe we'll have you versus. Yeah. No, I love Jeff Lowe. Jeff Lowe's a great guy. Hey, yeah, but you said, but uh, we I, can show that, I can show you that DM. I can show that DM. <laughs> well, well, we appreciate like you coming on and you're driving from Corona to make it. So that's, uh, I know that's, I'm sure you don't live near Corona. So I'm guessing that's, uh, you, you drove back fast to, yeah, this. well, I was, I was, I was doing a show out there, and it, 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 it would take, it took about an hour. <laughs> okay, still, that, still, we're grateful. Yeah. Um, you got it. It's uh, good to talk to you again. I haven't seen you in forever. And you started Burt Kreischer's career. I forgot about that. That's hilarious. Yeah, that, <laughs> you, he, were there, you were there. You were there. I listened. I listened to you on his show. I think recently, and you. 
Okay. You were at Potbelly's his first time, I think. Yeah, he uh, he he said to me, it, it was it was that group that I just told you guys yeah. about. We were doing mm. we were doing a show, and Bert had gotten all that uh, that attention from that Rolling Stone article, and he was, and they were like, "Hey, we're putting this guy Rolling Stone. They're, they're doing this thing, and they want to put him on." And too, and I was like, "Yeah, I said, I know. I my friends were friends with him. I was like, I hear great things about him." And and he was drinking at the bar, and I said, "Look, I'm I'm telling you my personal experience." Um, <laughs> might not want to do that and he's like why <laughs> and i was like because if it's like you your thing i was like you might rely on you're part of and his origin like, story though and i think he just made 25 million on the road last year so that's really drunk as fuck really cool yeah he should give me a percentage though <laughs> <laughs> well appreciate you coming on partner thanks man same it's good to see thanks, you guys man.